0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the second edition, Mutants and Mastermind Rules by Green Ronin Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, someone else is in control. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am normally your keeper, Keeper Michael, but for this special side quest, I'll be turning over the reins to one of our very own, James. So, take it away, sir.
1: Thank you, Mike. This is James. You guys uh, know me from the masks and from the fever dream scenario. Tonight, we're doing a fun little sojourn into the mutants and masterminds territory. We're going to kind of turn that on its ear and see see what shakes out. So without further delay, I will we'll go ahead and introduce my players. To my, I guess, right, digital right here is Morgan.
2: Uh, this is Morgan. I am playing Samantha Sinclair, otherwise known as Sam. And this is my first time playing a Mutants and Masterminds game, so
3: um, please be gentle.
1: <laughs> Never. And to her right.
3: I am Allie, and I will be playing Ryan Peleski.
1: Fantastic. And further around the digital table, as it were... Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm playing Darren Porter
4: and really excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me.
1: We're glad to have you here, sir. And lastly, but not leastly, of course.
0: Hi, this is Mike. I will be playing Miles Meadows, a journalist. And uh, just as a final note, if I might, I'd like to thank both of our backers for their support. And that is how they've gotten onto the table. So, James, take it away.
1: All right, it is a bright and sunny day. Miles, you find yourself driving down Highway 72, a little back country road, heading your way into the little town of Lambry, Illinois. Lambry as you begin to pass little farms and little places with silos and tractors, This is quintessential Midwest farmland. The air's got a sweet post-rain smell to it. It's about 9.45 a.m. For the last few months, you have been trailing a story that was sent to you by a journalistic comrade named Thomas out west. He had started to investigate a gas station explosion, which... It happens, uh, accidents happen, but he seemed to find this one odd, in that rather than being cleaned up by the EPA, it was in fact turned over to a private organization. This stuck in your craw a little, as it were, because that is very not how these things are generally handled.
0: Yeah, that definitely doesn't seem... Why wouldn't the EPA be investigating? Why wouldn't, um, for that matter, county and and local law enforcement? Absolutely. And uh, actually, the more you dug into that, what little you could find, it
1: really seemed like it wasn't what was written down in the records, but more what wasn't written down in the records. You noticed that there was very little information from local law enforcement, very little information from any local health organizations the local EPA seemed to be clueless. It went straight to the federal level and then was handed off to a private company. Odd. After digging for a while, you finally found the name of the company that handled the actual cleanup. The name of the company was Nugen, a small chemical and pharmaceutical research company that was based out of the Midwest. You have no luck contacting them. You've had no luck speaking to anyone on staff. And the only address you could find was a one of their research facilities in a little town called Lambry. So, with that journalistic sliver now stuck in your paw, you decided that this feels like a story. And if Nugen is on the level, they have nothing to worry about. So you set out. Okay. And you find yourself arriving into the city limits right now. How many people do I think lives here? Population sign said 1180. Okay. There is a cafe on your left. A bank. This is extremely Midwest. Trees dot the landscape. You see many little houses, mostly ranch style with little pools. Not exactly big city. You've been to the big city. And this is clearly not it.
0: Yep. Church, baseball, field, etc. This is pretty uh... Ooh, even some grain silos. Pretty standard. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So while you are tooling your way slowly down the main street of Lambry, I will get back to you. Andrew, the day began as it has for the last few months. You turned the key in the lock. You Turned on the lights, turned on the computers, started doing your paperwork in the morning. Janice came in half an hour after you. She brought donuts and coffee. Good coffee. Donuts are okay. A little greasy. You can tell they're from a gas station. But hey, you know, she paid for them, so what's not to like?
4: I don't want to be judged when it's my day, so I eat her donuts.
1: Ah, Fantastic. Uh, yes, see, diplomatic donut consumption is always a good idea. The day is not particularly noteworthy. Mr. Johansson comes in first thing. He gets change, a book of stamps, and asks if you have any $2 bills. Once again, you do, because they're federal currency. And he buys $10 worth of $2 bills. Regales you once again with a story of how his grandchildren love to get two dollar bills because none of them believe they're real money. It was charming the first time. Now you kind of have to set your teeth on edge a little bit and think about the donuts because after hearing it for like the tenth or eleventh time,
4: one of his grandkids is twenty two years old too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Who actually all banks here as well. You've you've talked to him numerous times. He actually works at one of the local grain silos.
4: He comes in to give me back the $2 bill so he can get money that he can actually use.
1: That he can spend that doesn't look like it belongs to a Monopoly set. Things are fairly common this morning. You do notice, as you're kind of leaning on the counter, it's about 9.45 a.m. A black SUV with black tinted windows. No rims drives by fairly quickly, which is what sticks out to you, because even though it's a highway through here, the speed limit is 30 miles an hour. You know that it's Lambrie, As you've often thought to yourself, nothing in Lambree moves over 30 miles an hour, not even, you know, people. But this SUV is traveling at a good clip. Miles, as you pull off to the side, you see this SUV also fly by you. It's doing easily 70 miles an hour as it goes. I mean, it is really, really booking. Hmm. Plates? Nope. No plates. It hits a hard left turn on the asphalt about two blocks down. You can hear the tires squeal, and it lays the hammer down, and you can hear the engine rev as it drives off. Wow. Okay. Hmm. All this as you get out of your car. Andrew, you also hear this? I bet a little more faintly because you're inside the bank and you know how banks are almost hermetically sealed. When you open the doors, you get that whooshing sound Mm -hmm. because the air pressure is slightly different. But you still hear this engine tool by.
4: Hey, hey Janice, can you you take the counter here for a couple minutes? I'd like to go on break. Sure thing. It seems like the city people are... Coming through town.
1: Yeah, you don't get any you don't get many locals that drive like that.
4: I'll just I'll just go look around. Something new happening here
1: today. Feel free. I mean it's not exactly like we're super busy. Yeah, I'll be I'll be right back.
4: I close up my register and you know, clock out and make my way around to the the lobby area through the you know, lift up the counter go through and um, you know, I just go stand in the in the door of the bank and look down the street.
1: Okay. Miles, you happen to notice that the guy driving by has also attracted a certain amount of attention from a gentleman two doors down from you at the local bank. Okay. He seems to be looking with the same amount of puzzlement as you were.
0: Yeah, so I'm not the only one, even though I'm not local. I'm not the only one here that's got their eyebrows up.
1: Ryan, you are leasing a small space on one of the side blocks in Lambry it's a nice little town actually, and the office the price per month of the office space is literally what caught your eye, as it's dirt cheap for a fairly large garage area here you have all of the space you need and the local power grid is fairly untapped, so when you need things that perhaps maybe draw a little more power than would get noticed in a city, you have no problem with that. The locals always have, seem to have a, a ready supply of oxyacetylene and such. You just finished CNCing a fairly large piece for a part that you're working on. been kind of poking at the back of your head for the last couple of weeks that you're like, you know, maybe I'll finally get around to building that. And right outside of your garage door, you hear tires squeal on asphalt. And it immediately sparks your interest because in this town, for the length of time you've been here, you have not heard tires squeal. Nobody here drives fast enough to have tires squeal. You're fairly certain most of the vehicles would topple over.
3: Well, that's unusual. Hmm. I'm gonna stick my head, like, out the front of, <laughs> like, out the front of the garage and just <laughs> see look around.
1: Looking the direction it it, it, it went, yeah. Took off in, that you sound. Miles and Darren, you both see another gentleman across the way and a bit further down, sticking out of a what looks like a mechanic shop. Wiping his hands and kind of looking with some concern as to where the SUV went.
4: I probably noticed that Miles' car is unfamiliar and he's unfamiliar in a small town, right? Oh, yes. Am I within shouting distance to him?
1: Oh, yeah. You're actually, if you open the door, you're within like just, you know, fairly like restaurant talking distance. Are you with that, uh,
4: whoever just drove by here,
0: sir? Oh, no, no, it's not really my style. You get a lot of um, unmarked black SUVs here in town. Yeah, that's just the thing. Not uh, not very often, but
4: it looks like uh, we don't get a lot of a lot of people s- coming
1: through here at all. Ryan, you can hear this. All this. This is like half a block down from you. You can hear all of this transpire. Ryan might know me in passing. Actually, you do bank with Ryan from time to time. Ryan and Darren have spoken on numerous occasions about minor banking. Deposit here, deposit there.
3: I'll just raise my hand and acknowledgement, basically.
4: Yeah, the friendly Illinois wave, right? Yeah. We're neighbors. Good morning, Mr. Polesky.
0: Good morning. I'll walk over to the bank. Okay. Probably just kind of casually reach in my in my pocket and uh, tap my phone to start my uh, recording app. Hey, uh, I, I was stopping through town. I was looking into a um a company out here called Nugen. Have you heard of them? Darren, you have heard of them. Nugen has a
1: small complex of buildings towards the outskirts of town. It used to be an old elementary school, but the elementary school shut down, so they Looks like they repurposed this into a small research facility. You've heard um, mostly farmyard pharmaceuticals, so to speak, barnyard, uh, barnyard antibiotics. They do, from what you know, they have done quite a bit of financial things for the town. Created the power local power grid, uh, helped repave certain roads. They've been pretty good municipally.
4: Yeah, they, yeah, I know New general They're they're over at the old elementary school, I think. They don't, uh, they don't bank here at the branch, their corporate office, probably, you know, one of the big city firms, but they've been a good neighbor since they've been here. Fixing up the town, giving back a little bit, hmm. mostly keep to themselves over there, their, uh, research facility, I guess.
0: In elementary school, huh?
4: Yeah. I mean, so many people moving away. I'm one of the few people that's moved here, hmm. but, uh. Yeah, just not as I guess, not as much need for capacity in the schools. But glad, you know, glad that old building could could uh, serve a purpose.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure the local uh, municipalities appreciate the uh, revenue increase.
4: Yeah, it helps a lot around here. You can see it's pretty pretty slow. Where are you coming from?
0: Oh, uh, I'm I'm out of Ohio. Well, welcome to Lambry. Okay, so I, I kind of look one side of the street maybe where the suv went and say uh, is is the elementary school in that direction
4: yeah actually now that you mention it that it's down down that way i mean that's that's a way to get there
0: all right well
4: james is there a lot of
1: activity at that facility or is it pretty quiet it's usually pretty quiet no more than four or five cars in the parking lot you see people go in they come out and they drive home you do note that not a lot of local people or if any work at that place.
4: But hey, I'm uh, I'm on uh, I'm on break right now. You I can show you show you down there if you're interested in the in the facility.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You uh walking or driving? Oh no, we can just take my car. All right, my the name's Darren. Darren Porter. Miles. I shake your hand. I head back to the car and open up the doors and then uh, allow Darren to kind of shepherd me along the uh, quiet city streets here. I direct
4: him, and I'm am giving him little Picayune details. You know, that's the that's the cafe where you want to get the coffee later. And once you've found what you needed, and they make a great sandwich. And uh, you know, later on, when you want to drink, this is the bar you want to check out. A little more friendly to outsiders. Scooters, you definitely want to hit
0: scooters, not the uh, not the Brown Derby i probably say, of course, it's named Scooters. Well, okay. So, yeah, tool on down the road and uh, see about getting to the elementary school or the former elementary school. Okay. Morgan, you arrived
1: at the address that you were sent at the beginning of your investigation, a 2759 West Cook Street in a little town called Surprise Surprise, Lambrie,
2: Illinois. (gasps) No.
1: You're still not 100% certain what you're doing here. Just that what was sent to you was enough of a lead? You've had flimsier things pan out case-wise, and this just seemed important somehow. You've been sitting and watching this building for a couple hours now. You're used to stakeouts part and parcel with your trade. After about two and a half hours outside of what looks like used to be Lambry Elementary, a fairly nice Ford Focus pulls up, probably in a gray color so that it doesn't really stand out, pulls up across the street right in front of the elementary school, as I'm assuming you didn't park right in front of the building itself. You probably parked, what, half a block away and across the street. Yeah, absolutely. You see this little Ford Focus pull-up and two gentlemen step out. Miles, you see in the parking lot that black SUV is here, and it is parked across four aisles, or four slots, like, kind of diagonally. Oh, so not only are they a bad driver, they're a dick. As you step out of the car, Darren, are you also stepping out of the car?
0: Yeah, I step out of the car also. So
4: yeah, um, Miles, this is, uh, this is the spot.
0: Hmm. So let me ask you something, James. Did the the, mm-hmm. the SUV here, did they go out of their way to just park across four stalls? Or does, does it look like they got here, hammered the brakes, and then got out of the car?
1: More like option B. Okay. You actually see tire marks across some of the yellow striping.
4: Hmm. Looks like our car was uh, trying to get here.
0: Yeah. I pull my phone out. I take a, a walk a bit further onto the property. Take a couple of photos of the current question.
1: Okay. Andrew and Mike, both of you make me a notice roll. You're both at DC 12. That's a natural 20. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so Mike saw Into the Future. And. That is a six. Okay. So Darren doesn't see. Anything too much. He's more just kind of looking around the parking lot, kind of looking at the black stripes, you know, the, the the break marks. Miles, on the other hand, kind of pokes his head around the edge of the building. You see two men, one in what looks like a suit, not particularly expensive suit, but business suit, and another one wearing a lab coat, like your traditional lab coat, and they're running towards a building on the back of the property. A fairly large metal storage facility.
0: All right, I immediately take a picture as quickly as I can, and then I will. Right. I will uh, gesture to Darren, I'd like to come over here.
4: Oh, what was it? Was that you see, Miles? Who, who are these guys?
1: Sam, you see all of this transpiring, by the way, from your angle.
2: Well, had I noticed the SUV coming into the parking lot?
1: Yeah. In fact, it only been there a moment or two before these guys showed up.
2: Okay, so when the if I saw it come into the parking lot, who got out of the car?
1: A gentleman in a business suit. He went running into the building. He unlocked the front door with a set of keys, came in, turned, locked them again, and then ran deeper into the building.
2: Okay, and I obviously see the two strange gentlemen that just pulled up into the Ford focus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do I notice what Miles noticed?
1: The two gentlemen running across the back? You certainly do.
2: Okay. And do I notice that Miles and, and Darren are going to follow? Are you guys following them?
0: We haven't physically begun following them. Okay. We've kind of crept to the corner a bit. Crept's probably a, a little bit stronger word. I've walked carefully towards the corner. to just. You probably would see me take a couple of pictures. You'd see me at least raise my phone up. That's pretty well impossible to hide. And then after that, it kind of goes into my sport jacket pocket
1: Ryan, you 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 took a moment or two, kind of thought thought about the subject. You know, oh, that was odd. And huh, wonder if they wonder if the guy at the bank knew. Hmm, maybe it's friend of his. Oh well, you brush it off. You start going back to work. You just turn back to the lathe and put your hand on the on switch and. With just a, a bit of cosmic synchronicity, you flip on the switch, and nothing happens. It looks like the power has gone out.
3: Out of character. Is this a regular occurrence?
1: Nope. Never happened. I mean, during a storm one time, but that's, you know, like it's
3: during, it's lightning. It's during a storm, of
1: yeah. course. Sure.
3: Hmm. I'm going to go find the power breaker.
1: Okay. It's just at the back of the shop in a gray box.
3: That's pretty much what I figured. And see if anything in particular tripped.
1: Nope, all your breakers are still on.
3: Hmm. I'm gonna walk out of the shop and go, like, to one of the businesses next door and see if their power is also out.
1: Okay. You, um, you head down, like, three buildings and... you. There's scooters, the bar, um, their lights are out their, their open sign is off and there are people inside looking extremely confused. In fact, um, fairly large bellied gentleman comes out of the front and I used to, I'm getting a lot of use out of the word. Gentleman comes out of the front of scooters and seems equal parts, inebriated and confused. What's Going on fires out.
3: Yeah, the power's out in my shop, too. I don't know exactly what's going on.
1: Kind of stands there for a second and scratches his face. Well, better drink it while it's still cold, then. He turns and walks back into scooters. You notice that all of the lights, yeah, as you're kind of looking around, the street lights are out, the gas station up on the other side of the road and up a ways, none of those lights are on. Yeah, it looks like the local grid is down. And then, gentlemen, as you and Sam, as you guys are looking across the yard, and as Ryan turns to walk back down the sidewalk to his shop, I need Sam, Andrew, and Miles to make me a reflex save, please. (laughs) And Ryan, you can make me a notice roll.
4: So I get my reflex bonus and my dex bonus on that?
1: Yep, you get you should have your yeah, whatever points you put into your reflex plus your dex bonus should be your total ranks and then you add that to your d20 roll.
4: It's only 13 for Darren.
1: 13 for Darren? Okay. Miles has 14? Miles has 14. Fantastic.
3: I didn't notice anything cuz I rolled a 3.
1: Ah, yes. No, you're you're more like man If the power's off all day, I'm not going to get this project done. And not really particularly. (laughs) However, what you, you will notice it more in a moment. Sam, what did you roll?
2: Oh, my God. All right.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll start with the closest and work our way out. Miles and Darren, you are just poking your heads around the back of the elementary school building to look at this steel building. When... You feel the air rush by you. Almost like the steel building has just taken a deep breath. And right after it takes that deep breath, it lets it out. The building turns to small pieces and flies across the yard in all directions. The contents of the building immediately start on fire. You land on the ground, your ears are ringing, you can see each other, but it's in a very slow motion, almost dazed kind of state, as pieces of smoldering metal start landing around you. Sam, you look up as you are following them to see their progress in time for this deafening explosion. The glass of your car windows shatters. Unfortunately, with that one, you are covered in shattered glass. So you end up taking many cuts and bruises. Not enough to do actual damage at the moment, but you are covered in many small little cuts. It hurts, but you're not dead.
2: Right. I'm still in the car at, at this point, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yep. I grab the cell phone that was sent to me and put it in my pocket and get out of the car.
1: Ryan, off. On the other side of Lambry, there is a mush, like a smoke mushroom cloud goes up off by where the elementary school was or is that you know of. There's a deafening explosion, a concussive wave that as you look up, you see the trees sway back and forth as this wave goes over. What worries you more than the black plume of smoke that's coming up is the much larger yellowish haze that seems to be coming out from the outside edge of it and settling down. In fact, it seems to be coming at you at a fairly brisk rate.
0: Miles! (coughs) Miles! Are you all right? Holy moly. Uh, What in in the world was that? I look up at the epicenter of the explosion, of where it was. The, where the building was just totally leveled. Yep. There's a small bit of the
1: building, uh, the back of the building that's still standing, and it, but for the most part, it looks like a toddler trying to open a cracker box. It's been ripped and mangled
0: apart. Okay, so my first instinct is probably going to be to go investigate. Sure. I'm probably too curious for my own good. That's how Miles likely lives his life <laughs> sure so i i just make sure that i'm not hurt physically
1: you check yourself over you feel hurt you all over you feel hurt but it's more like you were swatted by a big hand it's not in any specific area you've got when your neck hurts your back hurts your head is pounding your ears are ringing your skin it's got this grit on it you also see that Darren is covered with this yellowish grit as well.
0: Oh, I gesture up to my face and wipe it off and then show it to Darren. Um, I when he does that I I wipe also and look at it.
1: You are covered in this grit. It's definitely not paint and you're not it's not chunks of it's not ash. You're not sure what this is.
4: Still there might be some workers in there. I run over there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I head over there.
1: Okay. All right. So you both head in that direction. Sam, you see these two gentlemen pick themselves up and start running towards the wreckage.
2: I stepped out after everything happened. Am I covered in the...
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I brush off the glass and whatnot and kind of take stock of any wounds or anything, you know, scratches. Mm Mm-hmm try to make sure that the, whatever the yellow grid is doesn't get in any, any wounds or anything, because who knows what the stuff is. And I take off after the two gentlemen towards the explosion, where the explosion happened.
1: Alright. You start booking across the field as fast as your extremely sore post-explosion body can handle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ryan, so this yellow haze very quickly begins to settle over the town. From a distance you can see it, but as it gets closer to you it becomes harder and harder to define where it's at. Whether or not it's hit you yet.
3: I'm definitely gonna like pull a you know, like a handkerchief or a cloth out of my pocket and put it over my over my face and retreat indoors.
1: Alright, so you, you, you retreat to the inside of your shop as it turns out is the closest as you were walking there already. And I imagine draw the front door down or the big the big door down. Yeah. Okay. As you're drawing the door down, you see a fairly large, heavy-set individual that you had seen just recently runs by in front of your shop and he's holding his head as he runs by. And he's he's making sounds that sound a, a bit like muttering and a bit like whimpering as he goes by.
3: I imagine I have, like, a—I definitely have, like, bigger filtration masks in, uh, the shop, so I'm gonna slap one of those on my face and, uh, see if I can't catch up to him. Stick my head out the, like, front door of the shop.
1: Okay. You step out of the front door of the shop.
3: I'll shout out, hey!
1: He stops in his tracks. He hasn't turned around, he's still holding his head, and he's twitching, almost? shuddering. You alright? He slowly starts to turn around towards you, and it's a stumbling like he's drunk. You feel yourself involuntarily gasp as he turns around. With one hand he's holding his head like one would hold their head if they have a migraine. However, it looks like the other hand has fused to the side of his head the area between his face and his fingers has become indistinguishable. He turns to you, and the right half of his mouth also looks like as he's trying to move his hand off of it, it's sealing up. Every time his hand touches it, it it sticks together like warm silly putty.
3: Hmm, gross.
1: A little bit? Yeah?
3: I'm just gonna pull my, my head back in the door and lock it. Uh... Nope.
1: (laughs) You close the shutters, you close the blinds, and that image, even though you can't visibly see it now, is still just, you couldn't have seen that. That, that couldn't be what you thought you saw. No, a trick of the light, maybe, or something. You're having a really hard time getting that image out of your head as you look around your shop at what you currently possess and what might be out there now. So, to you folks out on the field running towards the shrapnel of the building.
4: And wiping our hands across our faces. That's right.
1: You get to where the two men were running towards the building as they had not even gotten all the way up into the building before the explosion. The man in the suit is pretty badly mangled. He took a large amount of shrapnel. He is very clearly not alive anymore. There is no doubt about that. The man in the lab coat has a large piece of shrapnel and about the size of a hand, a human hand, sticking out of his lower abdomen. He is covered in soot and whatever this yellow grit is. And he is currently laying about 30 feet from the entrance of what used to be this metal building. As your ears are still ringing, both Darren and Miles make me one more notice roll, but you're going to be at a minus two because currently your ears are just ringing like a bell.
0: Yeah, my, my ears uh, with a three on the roll are just way too yep, ringy. Yep.
1: I have a modified one.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Sam, they don't
1: seem to notice you at all as you approach them. You are capable of walking up pretty much right behind them and neither of them are reacting to your presence in any fashion.
2: Okay, well instead of trying to scare the, the crap out of them. Um do I notice the two bodies on the ground? Oh yes. So instead of trying to walk up behind them, I kind of maybe make a longer half circle so they can see me. Okay. Coming towards Slightly
1: them. less alarming.
2: Right. Yeah, it's something that, you know, says I'm no danger to them and Okay.
4: And do you look do you look official?
2: Probably not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm probably,
2: uh, um, as a private investigator I'm probably wearing like jeans and a t-shirt you know trying to remain as nondescript as possible
4: this man needs a doctor this, this man's still alive he
1: is for the moment
0: it seems I have no medicine James but I feel like I have to at least try to help this person okay alright uh
4: Yeah, I'm like jumping down to. You can set an intelligence skill.
0: Madison's wisdom, actually. Oh. Yeah, it would be a it'd be a straight wisdom roll.
4: I'm not trained in it either. In this system, can we both roll, or is it one person has to?
1: I will allow you both to roll because since neither of you are trained, you're almost working in concert. I remember this from the Discovery Channel. Oh yeah, I saw this happen in a movie once. So you're kind of piecemealing together medical from what you've gleaned on the internet Yeah, I got an 8 so not so great I have an 11 between the two of you you know at least to apply pressure to the wound you know not to remove the large piece of metal as it may actually be blocking more than it's hurting right now he is in severe shock he seems incapable of speaking his eyes are wide and rolling around he seems incapable of effectively responding to outside stimulus he's mumbling and muttering a lot of it sounds like nonsense Sagamaltha uh, um, uh apologies he apologizes profusely a couple of times he says he's so sorry he didn't know, they didn't know couldn't have known wasn't possible and then his eyes flutter and he stops moving
0: okay um I, I probably try to half snap out of it at this point and look at Darren and say where's where's the clinic or a doctor or where's the nearest hospital
4: well the nearest hospital is miles away over in i mean several towns away but we could get him to the doctor I don't know if we can move him, and there's at least a couple more people in here somewhere, right? Yeah, going on the number of cars in the parking lot, you would think so? I look over at, um, Sam, whose name I don't know. Can you call the doctor?
2: I'm not from here.
4: Oh. All right. I fumble for my phone, pull it out. Okay. I don't know if I would have the doctor's number in my phone.
1: Probably not. You would probably default automatically to calling 911. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Call 911. Okay. 911, what's your emergency?
4: There's a. I'm over at the old elementary school, the, the new gen facility. There's been an explosion. A uh, couple people really badly hurt. A lot of other people. I don't
1: know where they are. All right, sir. Try to remain calm. We'll have helped you as soon as we possibly. Hello? Hello? Nothing not even a ringtone
4: phone phone is dead. I gotta go I gotta go see if there's any any other workers here. What happened to them? I
1: look around is it it's just leveled The steel building, the steel storage building in the back is leveled. The elementary school itself the windows are broken a couple of doors are broken in and there is some brick damage on the one side but by and large the building itself is relatively intact.
4: Right, I go over toward the elementary building and go in, turning on the flashlight on my phone, if that works.
1: Oh, yeah, that totally works. You can still bring up your home screen, your apps and everything are still there. It's just it looks like service is down. You have no signal currently.
4: Miles, I go, I got cut off with
1: 911. Okay. You could, um, maybe you could try? Sure. I, I go to my phone.
0: Do I have any bars?
1: Nope. Not a bar to be had. Not even roaming.
0: The tower's out. The explosion, maybe they're hooked up to the, the local power grid here. I stuff my phone in my pocket, and I'm gonna follow Darren into wherever this goes. There are obviously people here, and we have to figure out what happened to them. Absolutely. Okay. You guys enter the facility.
4: And with my 11 medicine roll, I don't think I would try to move the body with shrapnel in it.
0: No. no. No, no. And then I stop, and I go, wait, who are you? And I point at Sam, I'm
2: I'm I'm Sam. And who are you?
0: Oh, I'm Miles. I'm a journalist for the uh, Columbus Dispatch. And you're with
2: myself.
0: Sure. You just happened to show up at an explosion. Do you live here?
2: Oh no, no. Okay. I would I would not be here. Are you taking notes? Always. Oh good. And is Darren still here? And he already wandered into the building.
4: Yeah, I just went ahead
2: he's like let's do this
4: these are my neighbors and fellow right. fellow Lambrians right
0: <laughs> Lambrians <that's> Lambrians great. <laughs> Lambrians
2: <laughs> and who's the gentleman that you're with
0: oh um he works at the bank he was very helpful
4: oh
2: so he's a local as far as I know okay I guess I'll follow him in I'm, you know, after you
0: Yeah, head in.
4: No, I didn't grow up in Lambry, so it's not like I went to this school. Right. But, and it's been remodeled, I guess.
1: You guys venture into the old Lambry Elementary School, the new gen facility. The lights in here are emergency lights currently, and they are red. So everything is bathed in that candy red glow, making it really hard to figure out what is what here shadows are long pockets of darkness everywhere as you guys creep along with the light of darren's cell phone and oh yeah mine'll be out too both of you make me a percentage roll in roll 20 please roll a
0: percentile roll what's your battery at Uh, exactly mine's at 30 percent awesome
4: mine is 52
0: okay your phone's at 52 percent
4: you know i can't be texting and stuff at the bank i and still have some battery left.
1: Yeah, they actually check the tapes occasionally. The owner of the bank is kind of a uh, kind of strict about that. As you guys venture into the school, I will be back with you in a moment. Ryan, the noises from scooters down the way have, by and large, come to a stop. Obviously, you don't hear the jukebox, and you don't hear the sound of their fairly large old compressor AC unit outside. But you also don't hear the sound of people inside the building, either. In fact, it is eerily quiet now that you have honed in on it.
3: I'm gonna look around the shop and uh, probably makeshift a weapon.
1: Okay. doesn't take you very long at all to to put together, I assume, some sort of sharpened club? Yeah, probably. Okay, alright. You decide that the easiest way to do that is probably to use one of the backup generators, kick on a welder, and just do some quick welding. Then you've got your own nice, sharp weapon you know you can rely on. You've been welding for years, so it's not a problem. You wheel the generator out, pull the handle. It starts up humming beautifully. You hook up the the welder, grab yourself a couple of pieces of metal. Just a moment or two of welding, and you have a fairly nice, what looks kind of like an ice fishing hook. long piece of metal with a curved hook blade on the end. Just a piece of scrap you had. Yeah. You turn to turn off the generator, and as you put your hand on the handle, it dies. Oh. You know it's full. In fact, it dies with a little chug and a little white puff of smoke that comes up out of the, the electrical generation area the actual generator area. You feel oddly elated, tingly, almost giddy for a moment, as if you're having a hard time getting your bearings. It passes after just a few seconds. You feel kind of clammy afterwards, but you heft your weapon and test it for a moment. It passes. Maybe you forgot to eat breakfast. So now that you are armed with a fairly intimidating looking post-apocalyptic weapon of doom
3: <laughs> what are you doing now so the white puff of smoke made me dizzy for a little bit
1: the moment you put your hand on the generator in fact your head reeled the room spun for a moment
3: so i'm still wearing that big filtration mask mm-hmm. and does my uh, shop have a back door
1: it does yep has a has a back door, you know, like your typical, just your fire exit kind of door.
3: Okay, I'm gonna go out that way, and if it leads into an alley, I'm gonna go ahead and make my way down to uh, where the bar would be and see if uh, their their fire door is open.
1: Okay. Yeah, your your door sticks for a moment, but doesn't take much to pop the door open without a problem. You walk down the back of the alleyway and approach the door, uh, what you know to be the back door of Scooters. As you get closer, it isn't just the separation between your business and their business. It is oddly quiet. You get to the door. You are 100% certain now that there is no noise in here.
3: I'm going to try to uh, just to pull the door open
1: you reach the handle, it's one of the old silver handles, you give it a good tug, and with a screech, the door pulls open, without a problem. The thing that hits you first is the thing that hits most people first, which is there's a smell in here. It's almost sweet and organic, while it has a very acidic, almost chlorine-like undertone, but it wafts out of this place in waves. And the lights are off, so it is actually quite dark inside. Do you venture further in?
3: No. Smell like that's never good.
1: Nope, that smell is extremely alarming. That smell throws up red flags deep inside of your brain.
3: I'm gonna pull out my cell phone and see if I have a signal.
1: You pull out your cell phone and there are no bars. All right. Make me a notice roll as you're looking at your phone and standing outside in the quiet.
3: Uh, That's an 11.
1: Fantastic. That is more than enough. You hear distant sound of heavy machinery or large vehicles. And you probably wouldn't have heard them with all of the normal sounds of just day-to-day civilization going on but as it's gotten quieter out here you can hear large vehicles maybe even the distant sound of a helicopter you're not sure
3: Hmm. i'm gonna make my way back to my shop okay chances are i have maps because (laughs) no people break down and need a map of the town
1: oh absolutely And as you have made more than a brisk trade out of being a mechanic occasionally, you have local maps, you've got state maps, absolutely do.
3: So I'm gonna just reference the map and see if I can, uh, determine where the, uh, police station is from here. How close it might be.
1: It's actually down, like, two blocks on the other side of the road. It's, it's more of, like, a small building that accommodates three people. Lambrey doesn't have much of a police force.
3: Yeah, most small towns don't. They usually rely on the state police. Um, but regardless though, I'm going to I'm going to go back outside and start making my way down there to see if they have any idea what's going on.
1: Okay. You cross the street and walk down the block and a half to the police station. There are two uniformed officers inside. There are two white SUVs out front, and they seem to be in a state of hubbub. They're, they're scared. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They don't seem to have any clue as to what's happening more than anyone else does.
3: I'm going to try the door anyway. Is it locked? Nope. All right, I'm going to walk in.
1: You're greeted by the noise of two officers on dispatch to, it sounds like, state police. And the state police, as you walk in, you very clearly hear them saying, we cannot send anyone. We can't send anyone at this time. And one of them is yelling into the receiver. Something real bad has happened here. We need support. We need people to come help and the last thing that you hear the people on the other end of the mic say before it goes to static again is that there will be some assistance coming in soon. But that's how they phrase it. You will receive assistance soon.
3: Great. So we don't know what's going on here, do we, officers?
1: No, the officers don't seem to at all.
3: Do we even know where all of this is coming from?
1: Are you addressing one of the officers? Yeah. He turns to you. It it came from the old Nugen building over there. It, we don't know what happened, but they're telling me that there's some kind of biohazard and they can't send people in here. They're telling me they're going to quarantine the whole goddamn town.
3: Well, they sure as hell should, given the haze that's outside.
1: He looks at you with a little bit of confusion and alarm. So you saw something? Is there... Is there something going on out there?
3: Yeah, there's a big haze of yellow out there, and I don't know what's what it is, but if you guys have any filtration masks, you might want to use them.
1: One of the guys goes over to a locker and opens it up and starts pulling out breather masks. He hands one to the other officer and grabs one of himself.
3: Y'all might want to compose yourselves in case anybody else shows up.
1: Uh, so are you dressing them down a little bit before you leave?
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Make me a willpower roll as you do it. 16. Fantastic. Okay, you turn and you put your hand on the door handle and you say, maybe you should compose yourself. You turn and as you do that, you feel that giddy sensation again. And the fluorescent lights above you explode. The bulbs pop all the way down the building. The cops stand there just looking stunned and even more freaked out than they were before.
3: Uh, I'm just going to open the door and jog the way back to my shop and I'm going to grab a car or a motorcycle or something and I'm going to get on it and make my way up to where they uh, think the explosion came from.
1: Okay. There is a motorcycle. You don't have a car currently, but you do have a bike that you had just got done refurbing you go in, you jump onto it, and you put your fingers on the ignition button. You know the feeling after you climb, say, three or four flights of stairs, when you get to the top. That moment of ugh, that tiredness that you brush off and then you just keep going with your day. You get that all at once. But the motorcycle fires to life. You didn't turn the key. I
3: can worry about that later. Off I go.
1: And you begin driving to the new-gen facility. Fantastic. Meanwhile, at said facility, our three other intrepid investigators are walking down a dark hallway, illuminated by the light of Darren's phone. It's basically one long hallway with rooms on either side. There's a corner to the left, up ahead. It's set up like most elementary schools, not very basic as though not to confuse the children that go there or the adults teaching them. Up ahead, you hear... Halt! Who's, who's there?
0: We're looking, to, we're looking for survivors down here. Are you, are you all right?
1: A gentleman steps out of one of the side shadows. He's dressed in black long sleeve shirt, Kevlar vest, black pants, high laced boots. He is holding a fully automatic weapon, a very long, fairly modern fully automatic rifle, and he is not holding it in a casual position.
0: Oh. Oh, sorry we were outside when the blast happened. I kind of reflexively raise my hands to show that there's nothing. I mean, other than my cell phone in them. Okay. Like I'm not armed. Yeah.
2: I poke my head around. I'm assuming I'm standing behind miles. Mm-hmm. I poke my head around the the, the, the back of miles. And I look at the gentleman with the gun and I kind of come around and put my hands up. Hi. Um, I'm, Agent Sinclair with the CIA. Is everything okay?
0: The CIA. The
1: the CIA, I need to see some identification.
2: I don't have it. I, I I
0: wait
1: wait wait, the CIA? I knew the government was coming in. We knew that we knew you guys were going to be here eventually, but I need to see some ID. James, can
4: I can I see is there any side passage or anything? Like do I have any way of exit from here?
1: There are open doorways on either side, and they look like they lead to classroom-style rooms. I try to sneak into one of the side rooms while they're doing that. Make me stealth, please.
4: All right, that is a... And that's a deck skill, right? Yep. That's a modified 20.
1: Okay. Wow. The guy with the rifle looks up to talk to Sam and Miles, and Miles, you turn to talk to Sam, and when you look back... Garen just isn't there anymore. You don't know if a Scooby-Doo hole opened in the floor or what. He <laughs> leaned against the wrong passageway. He is just gone. The gentleman with the rifle doesn't seem to notice. He says, uh, "I I don't know what's going on here, but i i need some I need some damn support is what I need. I need to know what's going on here, and I need somebody to tell me what to do with the damn facility."
2: So, the did you not have any protocols in place for this?
1: He looks at you with this, does it look like we had protocols for this kind of look on his face. No, I, I don't know if there is a protocol for this. I don't even know what this is.
2: It's okay. It's okay. What we should probably do is go room to room and check to see if there's any living people still. And try to get everybody into one segregated place. Do you have any extra weapons laying around?
1: I... Just one per guard, but uh, if there were any other people down here, they'd be downstairs in the in the research facility.
2: Great, I think that we should start there.
1: What kind, of, what kind of research facility exactly is this? He points the end of the gun at you. I don't. I don't think I can tell you that. And where? Where's your friend?
0: Where's the other guy?
3: Uh,
1: hang
0: on, though. There's there's a research facility here, with, with guys with Kevlar and automatic weapons.
2: Well, it it is next gen facility, and did you not Google it before you came?
1: Where, where is your friend? Where is the other guy?
2: He's just going to the bathroom. It is okay.
4: Where am I? I'm in the just a classroom side classroom. Yeah. Is there any? Did I hear that exchange? Yep. When the guy pointed the gun at me, that changed the terrain a little. Sure. But it sounds like
1: he's a little befuddled too. He sounds befuddled, he sounds uh, he sounds scared, and he sounds dangerous.
4: Yeah, are there any other doors in the room I'm in?
1: There is a door at the far end of the room that you're in that leads into another room.
4: And I heard him asking where I am. Mm. I think I'm just going to sit tight.
1: Okay. Sam, Miles, and Darren all make me a notice roll.
2: The gun pointed at me. Notice that.
0: Darren rolled a nine. Okay. I rolled a fifteen. Okay.
2: I've got a sixteen.
1: Okay, fantastic. Darren, you're you're actually concentrating on not making any noise yourself, so you don't really pick up on it. Sam and Miles, you two hear the sound of a motorcycle pull
0: up nearby. This is like a motorcycle, motorcycle. Sure, something heavier. CC. Yeah. Maybe one of the state. Troopers came out. I I turn around and and head back towards the uh, the way that I came in. Okay,
1: okay. You start walking back outside. Essentially, are you also going outside, Sam?
2: No, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep an eye on the guard. Okay.
0: I'm also more going outside to take his mind off of Darren because. Darren seems like he's too is interested in what the hell happened here, mm-hmm. and so maybe if we can kind of split forces a little bit, it'll keep keep the guard off his toes.
2: Okay. As you're walking outside, uh, Miles, do you want us to wait for you?
0: No, go ahead. I'm sure the CIA and or whoever you are, you've got tons of things to do here now.
2: Oh, I'm very busy. I look at the guard after you.
0: The guard seems to almost take the
1: path of least resistance in this case, and that seems to be to escort Miles out to deal with the problem that he can grasp right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, come come on this way.
2: He's going with Miles?
1: hmm All
2: right, I'm going to head to the research lab then. Okay. Oh, actually, while he's heading out with Miles, I'm going to poke my head in where Darren is.
1: You poke your head into the room that you suspect that Darren ducked himself into, You look around, and you don't see him until you poke your head in and turn, and he's standing much closer than you think, and you let out this small, and then she spots you.
2: You're like a ninja.
4: It's quite a surprise to see this sort of guy in his rumpled, Marshall's button-down shirt from the bank move so quietly.
1: Yeah, he's actually still wearing a plastic name tag that says, ask me about my low, low interest rates. And is like pleated khakis, and has not made a noise the whole time he's been in this room. But he gestures in this way
4: that you recognize from like training that he wants to go down the hall with you. You know, if you're going down the hall, he'll go with you.
1: He uses actual command hand signs.
2: All right. Well, I nod and just kind of turn around and head towards the stairs. Okay. Okay.
1: You uh. I go with. Okay, so you two are walking down the hallway. You turn to the left down this small side hallway. Even as simple as this place is laid out, it would be fairly easy in the dark here to get lost. But you do find inexplicably an elevator, considering this is a one-room elementary school.
2: Is it key coded or anything?
1: Oh, just a button, down button.
2: All right. I press it. Oh, it doesn't work. Damn it. All right. Is there stairs next to it?
1: Nope.
2: Is there any way we can force that bad boy open?
1: Yeah, do it. Maybe with a strength roll? Oh, well, that's not going to work. With well, a combined strength roll?
2: Yeah, she's not really all that strong. All right. So I I just have the base score and strength. So <laughs> she, okay. she's not doing objectively.
4: I help. I've got a athletics would be the the skill related to it, right? Yes. Okay, I don't have that. So I have a I have a 19 strength. Okay. So while we're pulling on the door, I'm like CIA, you say. Well, my dad was NSA.
2: Really? Well, I didn't say I was CIA right now. And I can wink at him.
1: I hear you loud and clear.
2: Hey, yeah, don't tell the guard.
1: So, what did you roll on your strength, Morgan?
2: Uh, six.
1: six. Andrew, she wedges her fingers a little bit into the crack in the door of the, the elevator. She kind of wiggles her fingers a little bit, and then you see her slam both sides of the door open as if she were opening a light wooden rolling door on accident. You actually hear the sound of the doors, like, wedge in place on either side. Sam, you felt like you moved two books off of a shelf. It's literally you put your hands between, and with little to no effort whatsoever, you forced the doors open. You didn't even feel the strain on your fingertips. What was it you said you did after CIA?
2: Ah, uh, apparently milk does a body good. Then I look at my hands and shrug.
1: Um, so, yeah. I was all, like, wound up to, like, be the man. Yeah, <laughs> and, and she she walks up, and you actually, as you guys step, are you stepping into the elevators?
2: Uh, no, I'm assuming there's no elevator there, actually.
1: <laughs> That's good, because there isn't. No, it's <laughs> Yeah, if you look down into the shaft, the, the elevator is down there. You see her looking down into the elevator shaft to see where the elevator's at what you're focused on is that on both doors, there are four equal indentations on either side, where her fingers were.
2: That's amazing. I don't know what that was, but shall we?
4: Yeah. All all right. I don't know what that was either.
2: Yeah. um, uh, We can talk about that after we're done with all of this. James, is there any ladder, rope, Cables. I'm assuming.
1: Yep, there's a maintenance ladder off to the side. With a dex roll, you could reach in and grab it.
2: Um. Oh, first I'm going to look in. Is the elevator above us or below us?
1: Below you, far below you, thirty or forty feet.
2: I didn't want that above us. Okay, so I'm going to make a dex roll.
4: I'm going with her.
1: Does that count as acrobatics or just plain dex? Acrobatics, if you have it. Uh, while they're rolling, miles. Yes. You get outside in time to see the gentleman that was across the street earlier at the shop. He's getting off of a motorcycle. Okay. Seems to be walking towards the elementary school. With some caution, I assume.
0: Are are there any other, like, emergency vehicles that have arrived here yet?
1: Not that you see on the streets. However, off in the distance, you do see two helicopters.
0: All right. The guard escorted me out, right? Yeah. It looks like your friends are getting closer. I point to the helicopters. He looks at the helicopters and kind of shakes his head for a second.
1: Wait, why are they? Why are they coming in?
0: I turn to him. Well, I mean, backup, right? All these facilities with new Gen probably have backup. If there's an issue. He shakes his head more vigorously. It reminds you a little bit of a bear
1: trying to shake bees off of its head.
0: Hey, listen, why don't you, like, take a minute over here, okay? Do you want some water or something? He turns, he looks up at you,
1: and you see twin trails of a dark fluid coming out of his tear ducts. Oh, wow. And similar ones seem to be leaking out of his ears.
0: You are not well. I I prepare for his potential physical collapse. As he turns, his knee starts to buckle. Ooh! I grab him by the shoulder. Miles is is his strength's only fourteen. He's probably not enough to continue to hold him up. So he's not going to try to hold dead body weight. And just he's going to gracefully help him to the ground.
1: Okay. Lure him gently to the to terra firma. Indeed. By the time he gets to the ground, when his head settles on the ground itself, it settles. Like is in further than the back of his skull should settle. Huh. Like a like a balloon settling in place.
0: Oh, is he like coming out of it? Like is he gonna, is he evaporating? Almost.
1: It almost looks like his bones are losing the consistency they're supposed to have.
0: Oh, that's gross. Okay. I turn back and put my hands up towards the the person who's approaching and I, I caution them. You, you might want to be a little careful because uh, like, I have no idea if this stuff is contagious or anything. But yeah, I, I step away from the body.
1: Okay. He makes some gurgling sounds as you step away from him and then stops moving and settles even more with Small, but very distinct sounds that you're going to hear for a long time in your head.
0: Yeah, I imagine that the the general kind of juiciness and elasticity of the skin and bones as it gives away probably uh, is something that'll ring and surround, around inside my eardrums for a while. I'm going to com- try to completely change my composure status and walk back towards the person coming at the bike just because I I can't look at that anymore. I can't. I can't have that in my life. Nope, you've got to look away from that. Ugh. Okay,
1: Ryan, you see the that guy that was across the street earlier. He's walking towards you, and the look on his face is nearly indescribable. Equal measures of horror and disgust. Like he's trying to put it back into the box inside his head, but eh, that box is pretty full. What's going on?
0: Oh, there was an explosion here. Uh, At the lab, and uh, some really weird stuff's going on. That guy's a puddle of goo. We're probably all really contaminated. I don't even know if I should be here anymore. There's a couple people down there, though, and they're just trying to search for any survivors.
3: Well, I can tell you that I went to the what passes for a police station in this town, and there's uh, talk of containment.
0: Great. Just great.
3: We should get back inside and see if there's any more filtration masks. It's better than nothing.
1: Yeah, agreed. As you guys are walking back into the school, you open the door, and in the near distance, you hear the sound of gunfire. First, single pops. And then the return sound of automatic fire. And then it's quiet again. You don't need a notice roll for that. it stands out. those of you inside the school you look down the elevator shaft
2: and i've got a I've got a ten
4: I've got a twenty three okay
1: Darren very adeptly grabs the top rung, swings himself over, and begins to climb down without a problem. Sam, you reach out and grab the top rung and begin to climb down. At one point, your foot slips a little. It doesn't slip all the way off, but it slips enough to, it gives you that everything inside of you clenches up for a moment feeling, and you pull the second rung of the ladder out of the concrete.
2: Whoops. I just kind of shrug my shoulders.
1: Darren, a metal bar goes whittling by you into the depths of the elevator shaft. What are you doing up there?
2: James, am I able to just jump down? I mean, just kind of test it, a theory. You're
1: going to give it a shot? Yep. Okay. <sighs> you...
2: <laughs> wait, 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 how far down is it first? Wait!
1: It's about 40 feet.
2: Sweet. <laughs> Studis. <laughs>
1: you fight every survival instinct that your brain has, and you let go of the ladder. Deryn, you look up because you were already looking up because the metal bar was by, you were saying, what What are you doing up there? As you say it, she lets go of the ladder above you and just hurls by you like a cannonball. She hits the top of the elevator with an athletics roll, please. Real quick, just to make sure you land properly and don't botch.
2: Oh. What am I rolling for athletics? I think oh, that's a strength. strength? Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's so die. Can I do that with the base for acrobatics too?
1: Acrobatics would totally work, yes, because this is more of a falling catching.
2: Praying, I'm praying. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a twenty-one.
1: Okay, so you see her whip by you. She lands feet first. A resounding boom echoes up of echoes up this elevator shaft as she lands unscathed on the top of this elevator car. You actually see the cables tighten and you hear the pulley above you groan as she hits the top of it. Morgan, when you were a kid, did you ever jump off of the monkey bars on sand? Yes. Okay, picture that. When you hit, it hurts, but not so much that you can't stand up and kind of like flex your ankles a little bit, move your calves and walk it off that was a 40-foot fall.
2: I stretch a little bit, and then I look up and see how far I, you know, jump down.
1: About 40 feet.
2: Yep, I a bit to here. That was awesome!
1: You hear that echo up the elevator shaft.
4: Yeah, the old man was always uh, always mocking the CIA in their training. <laughs> but I tell him about this. Darren tries to hustle down the down the thing again. Okay. Here I thought I was doing a good job climbing the... Ladder.
1: Give me one more acrobatics roll.
4: Okay, that is a modified 20.
1: Okay, all right. You hustle down the ladder without a problem. You get to the top of the elevator car. You see two footprints of where she landed and dented the metal with her feet. You also, as you step down onto the elevator car, at the last moment, notice something rather unfortunate. She also extremely loosened the bolts on the top of this elevator car. There's a snap sound. And suddenly you guys both find yourself in a state of free fall. And that's where I'm going to leave you guys until next session. Wonderful. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys on the next and final session of Mutants and Masterminds Chemical Burns. And we'll see you guys. Thank you so much for listening.